Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. Uh, I'm Lucas Fisher. Yes. Woo. Uh, how have you been? How How is um, Thanksgiving? Turkey. Turkey day. <laughs> turkey day. I made my first turkey. Did, Did you? you? That's yeah, I got one on sale at Kroger. Yeah. For $4. I got a 12-pound turkey for $4. Whoa. Yeah, it's exciting. Because I hadn't made a turkey before. So did you have a good Thanksgiving, Lucas? It was very tasty. <laughs> How many people were at your Thanksgiving? Um, just me and Jesse and her mom. Nice. It was a small, uh, socially distanced Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I didn't really visit my family because of everything that's going on. Right. But there was still turkey. How was everybody else's? How was yours, Melanie? Um, we did not observe Thanksgiving. Um, that was, that's, we're thankful for many things in our lives, but the, uh, holiday is not something that, that we partook of. Um, my mom was working and, uh, we had a lot of stuff to do anyway, and it's been a rough year. So we acknowledge the ways in which we are um, blessed and and acknowledge our thankfulness. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like a gathering of holiday cheer and stuff. Yeah, I felt really weird, I think, this year. Um, I've just learned a lot this year about um, things I wasn't aware of before. Um, and done a lot of um honestly online on like tiktok twitter instagram i've done a lot of like making the effort to follow people and who are going to um teach me about these things that i wasn't aware of before and i've learned so so much um and so i was really like i i did a quote-unquote thanksgiving with my mom and my sister they drove out covid safe like got tested right before. Um, we just stayed in my apartment the entire time. But it was really just an excuse to see each other. I mean, it wasn't like huge, like, I don't know, b- big deal Thanksgiving. We cooked some stuff and whatever. But I don't know. I made sure to donate to Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA, which is um, a really great organization that a lot of people, more people should be aware of. Um, and was really thinking um, a lot that day about um yeah the um one of the other you know pandemics going on uh in a way is missing and murdered indigenous women that are not getting media coverage they're not getting the cases aren't being investigated they're not just not taken seriously mm-hmm. so um if you want to learn more that um we'll put the uh their website in the show notes missing and murdered it gets mmiwusa.org 
Yes, MMIWSA.org. Yeah, the um, the genocide never stopped. It just changed its look. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and and that's partially why I I've never my stepdad is um, part Chickasaw, and we learned a, a alternative U.S. history to the one that you learn in school, and um, and it just never really felt like the way that we were taught the history uh, of it didn't seem like something that I want to actually have anything to do with. Um, mm -hmm. So remembering the people that were here, uh, remembering that we're still on stolen land, mm -hmm. um, and remembering that, yeah, it, the the atrocities continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a somber day. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I've never really liked Thanksgiving for that reason. It's always in the back of my mind when it comes around. But I did make a turkey. But you did make a turkey. So that's that's good. Um, right. It's it it a holiday because I like that, you know, you can be grateful for things and sort of take, take stock of what is good in your life. You know, right. And it's not just about presence and superficiality. It's about the people that you love. At least, you know, for me. It totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And that, um, I mean, there's, there is a lot that, that rides on these holidays. And that's why, you know, the holidays are so rough for LGBT folk. Um, because, you know, we grow up with these expectations, a lot of us do anyway, of, you know, we get together as a family and we do family things and we family, family, family. And, um, and I know kids now who, whose families have rejected them and who aren't out um, celebrating any kind of holidays. And then with COVID, even the people whose families and, and thankfully, this is, you know, more common that families are accepting. Um, you know, they're they're lonely, and everybody's pretty much lonely during the holiday. There were so many people just talking about zooming with their families and being happy that that's a something they could do, um, and being able to at least have some sort of gathering that way. Uh, of people who are important to them. And then there were some people that had these giant open Zooms where they just like allowed all their friends to come on in and you know, it, it's a giant gathering, which was very nice too. And um, community of all sorts, family of all sorts, those are, those are important to everybody. So I, I also think of all those people who just, they don't have that this time of year. They don't have it any time of year. And it's really rough for them. And that's why suicides increase during the Thanksgiving and um, December holidays. So It's a difficult time when you don't have the community. One thing I've always liked about Thanksgiving for myself personally is that my family has always taken everybody in. So, you know, we'd have big Thanksgivings of 30 people and we'd have all of these international students and people that didn't have a place to go. I always met new people at Thanksgiving. This year was different. I mean, I do think COVID 
increase the isolation. Mm-hmm. And that is, that, and it was, I was very sad not to have that type of Thanksgiving where I could invite people that didn't have places to go. And um, for as long as I can remember, my family always invited the LGBTQ community, always. You know, we had all sorts of drag queens from Bullwinkles coming to our Thanksgiving every year. So, um, you know, I think that you can make it a really joyous occasion if you're able to, when there's not a pandemic going on. I encourage people to reach out to other people and invite them over and yeah, and or, you know, donate your time and your energy and your skills and your talents to something like the community kitchen and cook there. And there's, there's so many things that you can do during the holidays to make them better for people, I think. Um, for me, Christmas is a little bit harder because that's the one where people get presents and they get things. And a lot of families can't afford to give that. And especially this year, you know, I, I was hearing a lot of stuff on NPR about parents, you know, who have been laid off of work and they can't afford a Christmas for their children this year. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll just learn like what's really important, which is supporting each other, whether yeah. we're a blood family or not. We are the family of human beings and hopefully we'll learn to take care of each other because you're right, Melanie, the holidays are very hard. They're hard on me. I, you know, I'll be honest and say, I do not like Christmas. I think it's really- I don't either. I've really haven't been a fan of Christmas for a long time. I think since like after Santa stopped coming, I was like- (laughs) Once you realize that Santa's a big, oh wait. Yeah, the year that I realized. Santa is real. Yeah, when Santa stopped coming last year when I was 21. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, No, Christmas is hard. It sucks for a lot of queer people. I've had some not great Christmases. Like, and this is kind of a cool segue into something I wanted to talk about. Um, This, speaking of queer people and, um, I don't know, bringing your your queer significant other home for the holidays, if that's mm-hmm. a thing that happens. Um, oh, that's always fun. Happiest season, this new movie <laughs> that I, I've been hyping up on this show for the past few episodes. I'm like, this is so exciting. There's a lesbian rom-com. It's a Christmas movie, but it's a it's going to be a lesbian rom-com. They're no hearing the genre. This is amazing. Directed by Clea Duvall, who I love. She was oh, I from, love Clea Duvall. Yeah, but I'm a cheerleader. She did oh, yeah. she's in Veep, a bunch of other stuff. Um, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, who was the, uh, I didn't realize, but remembered that uh, she was the one in Sandra DePero, the redhead. Mm-hmm. So... I was so excited about this movie and I wanted to like it so badly and it came out and I watched it and it was honestly a traumatic experience. Um, They sold this movie as, you know, fun, happy rom-com, right? Christmas rom-com. Yeah. It was not that at all. It wasn't even like like funny or joyful in the way you would expect a Christmas rom-com to be. Mm-hmm. Basically what it consisted of was the main couple, Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Abby and Harper. H- Harper invites Abby home for the holidays. Abby doesn't find out until the drive. they're in the car driving to Harper's house um, that Harper hasn't come out to her family yet, even though she told Abby that she did and that it went well, whatever. Oh. So... Abby is made to 
put herself back in the closet, pretend that she's straight, watch her girlfriend pretend that she's straight. And for the entire movie, get, her parents are like trying to set her up with her co- like high school ex-boyfriend. They're like, um, she and she's pl- going along with it. She wants so badly th- to th- make her parents think that she's straight, that she's going along with it. She's flirting with this guy in front of her girlfriend. But other than like beyond that, the movie ends with basically it's it's an hour and a half of Abby getting emotionally abused and manipulated by Harper. And at the end of the movie, the climactic scene is Harper's sister outing her to her entire family, which the sister has no consequences for. Um, And then Harper, like adamantly denying that she's not gay. She can never love Abby in front of Abby. So Abby breaks up with her and leaves and goes to talk to her GBF, Dan Levy. Um, And Dan Levy is great. And she comes to the conclusion that I want to be with someone who's ready to be out with my, with her, with her family. And, you know, I deserve that as an out queer person, which is great, totally valid. And I thought that was the right way to go with the movie. And then Harper pulls up, like, you know, drives out to meet her last minute, last five minutes of the movie. She's like, wait, I love you. We need to be together. And Abby gets back with her. And I am so endlessly mad about this because this is such a clear portrayal of an emotionally abusive relationship that does not get solved in the way that it should. And I'm not, I haven't even touched on the racial insensitivity of this movie. It's a whole other conversation. Um, There are three people of color in the movie. Um, One of the sisters husband and their two mixed kids. The two mixed kids are portrayed as, um, in in one they're basically emotionally devoid robots this is a christmas movie the kids are they never smile once they never once play with a toy and they're like under 10 years old they just sit there like robots and then at one point when kristen stewart's character takes them to the mall to go shopping they shoplift a necklace and put it in her bag to like get her blamed for i should have major spoilers by the way i should have said that at the beginning of this review but why are the two mixed kids the ones that are being portrayed as the shoplifters? And then their dad comes out later in the movie. He gets caught cheating on his wife at the Christmas party. Why does it have to be the only man of color in the entire movie who is the one that's cheating on his wife? Oof. There is so There are so many problems with this movie. I could go on and on for hours. I literally was like typing out a Google Doc about this earlier just to put my thoughts together. But I'm I I'm so mad. I don't know. It's just oh like God. God. Like I literally spent most of the movie crying because it was traumatic for me to watch because I've like, gone through some of these experiences before. Like, was it a Christmas movie? <laughs> it was a Christmas movie, but not a happy one. Oh my I mean, gosh! They pretended like everything was good at the end, like you know, but nothing. None of the none of the trauma, none of the the family drama, none of it. All of the solutions were not good long-term solutions. They were all like band-aid, slap a band-aid on it, like let's just get to the end of the movie solutions. And it I was so disappointed. So that's that on that. That's horrible. <laughs> so surprisingly dated. That sounds like a 1980s movie. I, I feel like I've I've seen that movie a hundred times. Right. Um, you know, and it belongs to a certain time and place. It doesn't belong now. But I'm sort of surprised that there are so many queer people involved in that film that would make that film. Because mm-hmm. isn't Stewart part of our yeah. family? And what well, about Pia Duvall? Mm-hmm. 
But you have to remember, they're all rich, white, cis, queer women. In Hollywood, where you become very stunted and where this same storyline just mm-hmm. very, it's a very heteronormative society. And totally, yeah. Whenever mm-hmm. they make a movie about the community, I feel it's very heteronormative. Um, there was that movie a few years ago that was very popular. I think it was even nominated for uh, Academy of award call me by my name your yes. name yes call me oh. by your name yeah. that was very heteronormative too like everybody's like oh you have to see this movie it's so great and i was like that was an abusive relationship that right. was a very heteronormative relationship. yeah exactly yeah. Yes. and also like the age gap in that movie too yeah Everything about it was very disturbing to me, but in the wrong way. So I don't think disturbing is always necessarily bad if mm-hmm. it makes you think or if it changes your mind about things. But I was like, wow, this poor kid, he needs to run away from this relationship. Well, and that was the thing about Happy Season. It was so disappointing is there were certain moments in the in the movie that were really great. Like there's this one scene where where Kristen Stewart is hanging out with um, Aubrey Plaza, who plays uh, Harper's ex-girlfriend from high school, who also she also outed to protect herself from being outed. Um, But so Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza are lamenting together about how horrible Harper is to them in a gay bar and Ben De La Creme and Jinx Monsoon are there and they're doing a song and it's so fun. And that is like the type of gay Christmas movie I wanted to watch, (laughs) but it was one scene out of the entire movie. So, and also Dan Levy was great. I have nothing bad to say about his character. I have nothing bad to say about Aubrey Plaza's character um, either, but the rest was just so disappointing. I think it's time for you to make the queer Christmas movie. You know what? I should. <laughs> you, did. you would do a great job. And trans people are going to be the main stars. Yes. <laughs> but, but they have to be played by cis people. Oh, right. I'm going to get ScarJo to play the lead <laughs> trans man, of course. But that, that was another question I had about this movie because I'm sorry, I'm not always current on popular c- culture, but are these um, people playing... The queer people are they queer actors or not? Kristen Stewart is gay, is out as gay. Mackenzie Davis has never specified, mm. um, but has played has done a lot of queer roles. Um, huh. But Aubrey Plaza also don't know really, uh, even though she plays a lesbian in the movie. Um, yeah, it's just like the truth of it is this movie was made by cis. They're queer, but cis women who are already famous and rich and, you know, part of Hollywood. And that messes with your perception of like, I don't know, it it just seemed a little out of touch is what I'm going to say. It sounds yeah. like it just sounds like a movie that wasn't made for the queer community at all and was really just like, you know, That's, kind yeah. of an art art film, especially because it's not even like a feel good Christmas thing it's just like during christmas yeah i mean it felt like a it felt like a gay christmas movie made for straight people for sure yeah right it's it sounds like it well okay we'll skip that one what's it called again (laughs) happiest season skip it it's on hulu what oh my gosh (laughs) and that's my review (laughs) well thank you that was an excellent review thanks yeah you're appreciate hearing it i will not see it did you go, did you rent it at home or did you like- It's on Hulu. It came uh, out on, directly to Hulu. So. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, Oof. they were going to release it in theaters and then they just put it straight to Hulu. Yeah. One of uh, one of the Girl Scout moms here is um, has rented out one of the theaters for like her family, and uh, they're gonna watch a Christmas movie there. And I didn't realize you can do that. So uh, looks like after the first of the year, the Girl Scouts are gonna do that. Um, so everybody knows there's a wonderful theater in Spencer called the Tivoli Theater. It's an old 1928 theater, absolutely beautiful that they've restored. I have a wine club and we rented it out to watch a wine movie. The movie yeah. was good, but the, <laughs> the experience was great. And I recommend anybody do that. And it's not really that expensive if you get a group of people together and all pitch in and do it. You know, I think it's like 150 bucks or something. Don't well, that's not too, too bad for people can afford it. Yeah. Well, well, when you have ten people, that's, yeah, you know what I mean. A whole lot. Oh, of totally. Movies. That's like going out to the movies, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we rented that space, and it's just a really good venue, and um, it's kind of fun to be able to do those things, have a private viewing, you know. So. Well, and, and to go to a theater again, I know everybody's been chomping at the bit to get together or do something normal, and. Um, yeah, that that seems it seems like it it would be fun, as long as you're not watching that movie. Um, Crime and I so I what my impression was yeah it was out of its time, and I would like to see progress made in entertainment. You know, I mean these are the people who are supposed to be at the forefront of our culture, and these are the things that are it never have been though. I mean it's it's unbelievable how Hollywood has always been backwards, always. Um, yeah, I wish that they would. I would. I, I think that uh, they're not. Well, I mean, but I'm a cheerleader. Was was something for the time. It was addressing a conversion therapy, right? And we're still talking about that. Yeah, that movie was a, yeah. Um, I believe. You know, Do you want? That was an independent film. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Jamie Babbitt was the director. Yeah. And there are lots of great independent films about queerness. Mm -hmm. Lots. Of right. They just don't come out of Hollywood and Hollywood has just, oh, I mean, it's still so misogynistic. I mean, it's even just at the bottom of the barrel, like queerness isn't even on the agenda yet. We're still dealing with like misogyny. And really what surprises me is this racism towards Asians. Always. Yeah. I just don't understand it. And that's been going on my whole life. I remember seeing 16 Candles when I was 16 and being appalled at the racism in that. Yeah. Oh my God, 16 Candles. Unbelievable. <laughs> and it was unbelievable then. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, that was 1985 or whatever, you know. We were all stupid then. We weren't. Um, people knew better. Yeah. Better. We knew better than that. Yep. Um, <laughs> so... Well, God, I, I could talk about this forever because there's just so many examples that you see all the time. Uh, that's disappointing. What There was one that was supposed to be on Hallmark or something, wasn't there, that they were touting was going to be uh, like two dads on Christmas or something like that? Am I, I remembering that right? We talked about it on the radio show, but I can't remember what was in it when it was on. Like, maybe we'll look it up and see if that's... Because it should be out soon if it's not already out well i think that we should start doing um movie reviews right <laughs> I yeah <laughs> this will be a regular segment <laughs> who wants to do this segment is it going to be a rotating thing or or does anybody want to claim it well i 
Ireland's the boss, but we can we can rotate too. Yeah, know. we could rotate. Like if <laughs> yeah, if y'all have a movie you want to review, obviously that'd be great. And then awesome. I'll just I'm watching queer <laughs> all the time. Sorry, that bleeped that out. <laughs> queer stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm usually so good about that. Um, well, I'd like to know what's good. I, yeah, I'm so tired of seeing what you saw. I am so tired of it. I, mm -hmm. I even sat through it at this point. You know, I just stopped. Um, but it's so hard to find something that's good quality. Um, I have some recommendations. <laughs> awesome. So uh, Ireland is the new. Um, uh, what, what should we, what, what should we call the section? Casting couch. Um, <laughs> um, no. Good. We'll think about it. We'll have a we'll have a name for next time. Maybe something less. Votes. What? We should have write-in votes. People can comment, you know, on the on, on the web page. I love our listeners. I get things all the time. People are like, "Oh, what a great show!" and "Thank you for doing this." So, thank you for listening. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so news. Do we want to get to this? Do we want to? There's some good stuff. There's some nice things. Here's some good stuff. It's happiness. I don't want to be a Pollyanna, but sometimes I just need some good stuff. <laughs> we all need some good it's stuff. The world out there, you know, it's hey. like 33 all over again. We've got the here. we've got the promise of maybe a couple of uh, uh, viable and and good working uh, vaccinations that are coming out, right? And we might all have those by the summer. So, woohoo! Yeah, I heard uh, Bloomington Hospital might be getting them this year. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I heard. I was just told um, in another meeting today. <laughs> Dress up like a doctor and go and try to get one? I guess. Because <laughs> uh, a healthcare workers are getting them first and yeah. people in uh, healthcare facilities. Um, or like, um, what do they call them? Concentrated retirement communities or something like that it sounded really clinical and scary mm -hmm. um but no so that's great so we can look forward to getting together in the future we can look forward to to doing things again so positivity uh hope is back somewhat um and and some scary news stories that we were worried about are are coming uh around so i would like to talk a little bit about the federal judge <clears throat> who has just and sorry my voice <clears throat> a federal judge who has um uh ruled that the current rules for changing gender on uh your your uh, passport application or or applying for it uh, with a gender that doesn't match your birth certificate, um, those rules are unconstitutional and cannot be applied to people. So if you're trans and you're looking to get a passport, uh, now you do not have to have a physician's note saying that you are undergoing the treatment because um, the judge said that, ruled that... Um, there's no compelling reason why the U.S. government has to keep track of of what your gender markers are. So that's awesome. That what a win. A, and that's a situation we've been covering for a long time now. And yeah, it's 
you know, starting to come to a happy conclusion. Is that, do you know if that's, well, that's the State Department. Is this nationwide? As with a lot of things, especially with the federal government, it's not state by state. It's the federal government um, uh, issues passports. So yeah, this is a uh, nationwide. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. That's that's great. You know, and trans folks were excited when we were able to change our gender marker on the passports. When that rule was made, um, it was much better than the situation before. And um, because there were some states that didn't issue new birth certificates and people who already held uh, passports, changing your passport was nigh impossible, even if you had amended documents. Um, so this is welcome news. Uh, <laughs> we can travel again. Yeah, oh. I feel like it's exciting for, you know, for, I don't know, it just seems ridiculous to assume that all trans people would be transitioning or on be on some sort of medical transition journey, like especially non-binary people. A lot of non-binary people don't feel the need to transition at all. Right. Um, so, yeah, that means a lot. That's awesome. And, you know, there there's so many people you have to have your passport. It used to be that you could just get into Mexico or Canada with your with your ID and um, your your driver's license or state ID. And now you have anywhere you go that's outside of the country, um, you have to have a passport. So this is a really important uh, document for so many people. And it also counts as just general ID, right? So uh, I've got friends in other countries who have gone through the process and have sweated the whole way through. So it's, um, it, it's just great news. I'm so excited that this is still a trend that we're moving toward more equality. Um, not everywhere, but at least in that. It's, it's excellent news. Thank you for sharing that, Nani. And, you know, Joe Biden, the incoming president, um, hopefully, the president-elect, right, has specifically called out LGBT folk uh, in his acceptance address, and, and uh, he's promised that he would address inequality uh, against us from the get-go and include us in in decisions that are made and include us and bring us to the table um put us in the cabinet and various positions and um address legislation and also more quickly um issue executive orders but more permanently encourage legislation that would uh would bring protections for all LGBTQ people and and therefore make it instead of this patchwork quilt of of protections across the nation from discrimination uh, have a more uh, nationwide just like protections for race or gender or uh, um, sorry my just blanked out there Oh, it's been a long weekend. Um, really wonderful. And he wants to, you know, have an influence internationally this way, too. 
Right, and that we have fallen in the last four years so far. Uh, I'm back to the 1400s. Maybe not uh, quite that far. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, internationally, we stopped pushing for uh, equality around the world. Um, And he's trying to change that. And he's trying to change that back because under Obama, uh, the Obama administration, the State Department was uh, issuing guidelines and recommendations for countries to really start recognizing the equality of LGBTQ citizens in their own countries. And, and so there were gains made during that time. And the Trump administration absolutely did not. Um, and we, we were under attack. What was that figure? One, one decree, one, um, change in policy or law every nine days under, um, yeah, the HRC has a long list of every, um, policy change that affected LGBT folk and, and law. And it came out to one every nine days. God. And yeah, it's time to start reversing some of that. Yeah. So Biden has promised on day one to start doing that. He's also said that he's going to include LGBT folk in his cabinet. That's exciting. Um, he just appointed uh, the first all-female communications team for the White House, right? Um, right. I didn't know that. What? I didn't either. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did it either. I've been sort of under a rock this week. Um, I normally am obsessive with the news, but that's great news. It's, it's easy. Is that the new cat? Justin has a new cat. <laughs> that's, that's the dog. Um, yeah, a cat has appeared in the house, and I'm dealing with cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. Um, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Cats and dogs living together. The giant Twinkie thing. Um, I love Ghostbusters. Um, uh, we also have what else? Oh, um, Elliot Page. You heard about this, right? Yes. That is so exciting. Right. So, formerly uh, known as Ellen Page, star of Juno and the Umbrella Academy, among others, uh, has come out as transgender on Twitter. So that is really exciting. And I'm so, so happy for him. So, so happy. Right? And he said that uh, the reason that he hadn't come out earlier is because he was afraid of basically what people are afraid of before coming out. Uh, ridicule and uh, anger and um, violence that mm-hmm. is committed against LGBT folk when they come out. <laughs> Also, again, we were talking about the society in Hollywood, and it's terribly uh, homophobic and LGBT-phobic and transphobic. And um, when Elliot was Ellen, Ellen would have lost her job. You know, I don't know what things are going to be like for Elliot now. I hope really good. Um, you know, it's a different atmosphere, which I think is, is a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really scary when you have to hide yourself, you know, to to be employed. That's not okay. The celluloid closet, right? The celluloid closet, that's right. Yeah. I deal with that this whole time. 
And And I'm sure it's extra scary just being that much of a public figure who's also had the experience of coming out publicly before, you know, and got praise and hate for it. Yeah. Um, I just admire his bravery and, you know, and I'm just really happy that he felt finally felt comfortable to come out. And and I know it meant so, so much to to non-binary trans mask people everywhere me included um like and anyone who uses like he they pronouns that's so cool that there's a giant celebrity that uses those same pronouns you know as a lot of you know us (laughs) us like small town queer people i don't know what else to say how how else to say that that just came out what today i think this is wednesday no this came out tuesday yesterday yeah yeah and um, I have already seen online people uh, discussing how to address uh, the the pronoun change and how to address somebody who has, you know, he has a body of work beforehand where he has uh, portrayed women. And how does that affect how you speak about those things, right? So how do we... and for trans folks, we've always talked about how do you conceptualize, how do you represent um, the life that you led before transition or before coming out, uh, and how do you integrate that into your life? And so this is going to be a great conversation starter uh, for a lot of people, this this news, and I hope he um, is able to weather it very well. Because there was there was a lot of confusion. There was there was a lot of resentment for the way that people wanted to talk about it, and then were um, not necessarily gently corrected because there's still some discussion. But how people were saying, well, that's probably not exactly the the best way to speak about it, and so there is going to be that that backlash. But again. Change always has, uh, change always has the pressure put back on it, um, and we'll get we'll get past it. So, I was happy happily surprised to see that not all, but a lot of news outlets and journalists who were writing about Elliot yesterday did a really good job using the correct name and pronouns. So, and I there was a, a guide actually published for journalists who may be writing about it to help them as well which i thought was a great tool oh very specifically a guide for for this event yeah Mm -hmm. that's awesome and for Um, all you know how to how to how to write about um when trans people come out and in general right i know that uh they have they've created over the past well i don't know 20 years it's been a discussion how to how to address um trans folk and non-binary people uh, who change their pronouns in in the middle of their life and how to to talk about them, um, and that you know the AP style guide and the other style guides uh, that are nationally used had had to come up with these rules and and evolve. It's interesting that also they're coming out with guides for you know this event. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, um, I'm sorry, but can you edify me on the best way to talk about it? If you're talking about 
Elliot or Ellen Page. Um, what is the best way to do that? Um, when you're describing somebody who has uh, you know, declared that their pronouns are changed and, uh, and has come out, when you're speaking of who your memory of them or uh, an episode um, uh, from the life before they came out, when the um, their originally used pronouns were still in use, you change the pronouns. You change them to the modern ones. You change it to he. So you change it to he. If I was talking about Elliot Page <laughs> in uh, Paris at midnight. I say he. Yes. Starred in Paris at midnight. Okay. Elliot okay. Page starred in Juno. Yeah. I think that these are really good things to know and to talk about, you know, I mean, I mean, I just don't think everybody knows this and it's important. And I wanted to mention something that um, I had wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I work a lot making surveys and I always have a transgender option. I just recently had a client that had a problem with that. Mm. And it wasn't, this client is not, you know, prejudiced or not LGBTQ unfriendly or transphobic, I don't think. But she really was adamant that if you're trans, you are either a he or a she. You will not identify as trans. I wanted to know if anybody had a good way to address that situation. Um, so trans is... I know some people who have said that their gender identity is trans. Um, what they later came out as was non-binary, but we didn't have the language back then of non-binary identities. Right, and that's one that I always include too. <clears throat> but I wanna to continue to include trans because I know people who identify as trans. If you're asking about somebody's gender, it would probably be better to ask if uh, they identify as male, female, um, or female, male, uh, non-binary, or agender. Okay, and, that's a good point. So instead of trans, to do male, female, female, male? Well, no, no, I was just rearranging that because everybody says male, female, and I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, no, I always rearrange <laughs> I put non-binary first. And, and you know, that is totally valid. I mean, not that anything, I don't think anything should have a hierarchy, you know, but it's no, just, just mix it up. Who's have male and female, and I just mix it all up. Male and female aren't even together on, <laughs> on my gender thing. But so, do you think I, I should not use trans on that? I think putting trans as an option when there's also, so is it is it pronouns or is it is it what is your gender? It's gen we have the, both questions. Okay, so for what is your gender? If there is man, woman, trans, that still others the trans person, and they feel like they don't fit into even if they identify as a man, they don't fit into the man category. They have to put trans, so that still others them. But like, if you were to put, but they have the man option as well. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think just go man, woman, non-binary. I have a little issue with like the words male and female, just because those are like scientific genetic terms that make you think of, I don't know, body parts and- Right. Um, what would you suggest? 
I, I don't know. Like man, man, woman. Yeah. And there should be an option for intersex as well. Um, well then that's getting into to and I was I had an online discussion about that um with a few people who were very angry at me um <laughs> for contradicting their views of of intersex people um and they were uh not intersex but and there's a word for that just like cisgender means you know not basically not transgender and heterosexual means not homosexual um or bisexual the it's it's called endosexual it's newer but i'll probably end up being i'll probably end up using it some more and people will start using it some more but um so these people weren't uh intersex but they were arguing about how they understood what intersex was um but intersex is specifically regarding the body's physical state okay and that is does it fit within the um the range of characteristics that are used to define women or used to define men or females and males uh sorry they're used to define females and they're used to define males. Um, I, I'm sorry. I know it's a nutshell situation, but it, yeah. not, you know, maybe I need to have this conversation off the air with you. <laughs> with well, it, help me. I want to be inclusive. We shouldn't, we should say this on the air. This, this, this is part of the discussion that we're going to have to have, right? Uh, you know, but is intersex an okay option to have on there? I mean, if I, you're asking for physical sex, intersex, is included in that if you're asking for gender mm. then um then it would be man woman or boy girl depending on age i always put non-binary i i don't do other because i know that that's othering but i've done additional and then sometimes there's a problem with that um male female I, weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> could describe something i just want to be inclusive i don't want to insult anybody uh, no, I think this is a great conversation and I'm, I, I don't know. I, it's like hard. Cause I don't know if there is one right answer. I don't know. That I'm, I mean, I have looked all this up, you yeah, know, right. Yeah. How, I've taken webinars on it and all this and nobody seems to agree. So I really don't think that there is an answer, but I wanted to get this panel's feeling as it were. I just wanted to get your input um, because I've read everything about differing opinions. I mean, I haven't read everything. I can't do that. I, I mean, I've, I've read pretty much every opinion um, and from reliable sources and from credible sources and from people who definitely have a say in this. Uh, there seems to be like there isn't a consensus on a lot of stuff. And then of course things always change. So you have to keep up with it. As a researcher, I just really want to do the best thing. I want people to feel included. I don't want them to feel othered. I want them to have an option that they didn't have before. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when everything was always male and female, and even when I was a little boy, I didn't even want to answer that question because I didn't know what I was and I didn't really care. You know what I mean? And I never felt like a boy. I didn't feel like a little girl, but I was like, <laughs> you know, it's a stupid yes. question really, but it does, it's, 
does help, you know, uh, understand if people are being discriminated against. It, it has its reasons and its right. services. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, ask, it's like asking about race if you're trying to figure out if there's discrimination based on race. Mm-hmm. And, and I get very valid comments back, like, does not matter. Uh, but unfortunately, in this racist world, it does matter because we want to know if kids of all races are being treated equally or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I can really say, I guess, from my perspective is that it makes me really happy when there's a non-binary option. Um, okay. You know, I don't I don't have a, a great answer for um, the rest, but that's really all. That's what's important to me is that there's an option for non-binary and I think for agender as well. That would be a good. Yeah. And drop drop the uh, transgender because that drop transgender. Okay. It's such a large thing. It, umbrella. Transgender is an umbrella term. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. But does it belong somewhere in any category in there or just drop it? Um, Aren't there some people, though, that identify as transgender? Because I have heard, you know, I, I did a focus group mm-hmm. uh, with LGBT community in uh, Pittsburgh, and there was somebody there that was like, I am transgender. I'm not a man or a woman. I identify as transgender because my past was as female and my present is as male. And that's who I am. And and that's, um, again, as, as we discover more uh and we talk about things more and we conceptualize this this is why terms change all the time is because people are coming to better understandings mm-hmm. um i've known the same kind of people who are like i'm a transgender male and uh man and i you know i have this history i'm not denying this history but i'm a man right um so they put the qualifier transgender in front of that. Uh, or they really uh, identify as somewhere in between, but didn't have, the like I was saying before, the non-binary terms to use. And there, there are many, non, non-binary is also an umbrella term. Because really? yeah. Yeah, there are many different ways to, to identify under that. Totally. Um, well, in, now that I'm thinking about it, like... I don't know. I just this is one suggestion. If we're if we're focusing focusing on the issue of making sure people are we know if people are being discriminated against, uh, and we need those specific categories. Maybe we do cisgender woman, cisgender man, um, binary trans woman, binary trans man, non-binary agender. Maybe there just needs to be a lot of options. You know. The problem is, is I think very few people outside the community know what cis means. Right. That's true. And some I mean, I get really I'm angry. Suggestion. I'm just saying, you know, you always come mm-hmm. across these stumbling blocks. I, so maybe I, there's a star, an asterisk, <laughs> at the bottom of the page that says cisgender. <laughs> what I don't know. I was gonna say noun, but I know it's not a noun. Um, definition of cisgender. I don't know. I, mean, I didn't know what cisgender meant until the show. We've already talked about that. You know. Um, Remember what happened with Facebook when they? Oh, sorry, we're talking over each other. Oh, I, I just said this show has taught me a lot about my own community. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm the G part of the community. It's you're, a very large community. You're the OG. I'm the OG. 
What's your oh. letter, baby? <laughs> <laughs> it, go on. Um, no, I lost it. Melanie, <laughs> <laughs> no, you and I are getting old because we're talking over each other and yet we don't, we can't remember what we're saying. I have been awake for five <laughs> days. I am very, very sleepy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, No, I, I when Facebook had their uh, their blow up, you know, we're gonna have I don't know whether they have sixty some versions of gender identity, and they just put too much on, and people went absolutely ape poop and couldn't handle it. They just couldn't manage that in their brains. Um, so having too many might be uh, something like that. I don't I don't know what your population is that you're. Uh, you're trying to study and where you're collecting that information yeah, for? It can be college students or elementary students or middle school students and high school students. So it gets very difficult. And yeah, there are parents that get upset when oh. you include these things. Uh, you know, for elementary, I don't do the whole, <laughs> the whole shebang, basically. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, and you don't want to out kids either, you know, if they're kids. No, exactly, exactly. That's that's an excellent point. And uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I always put in an option that they can write in. I don't call other. <laughs> so right. It's not, as I said. Um, I, um, we had one other thing I wanted to move on to. Yeah, and, we- and that is, yeah, I, I wanted to end it on a happy note. Um, I so I, we don't have much time at all, really. I think we've gone well over time. Uh, so this is going to be something I want people to look out for, and we'll address it in the next show. And that is uh, the outgoing Attorney General for the state of Indiana, Curtis Hill, who was um, uh, disgraced and uh, is rightfully being replaced not by somebody who's very much better on lgbt issues by any means uh but uh, he's uh, outgoing and he is bringing uh, a case to the supreme court and it's called um box versus henderson so look for that this is where indiana is asking the supreme court to take away rights of of same-sex parents and that's something that hits very near and dear to my heart because we had to fight for literal years uh, to figure out how our family was going to be and, and our dissolved family, uh, once I got my divorce, um, was going to be considered and who was a parent and how did that work? And, um, and these were big questions that were raised at the time. And since Obergefell, where we have been granted this, you know, equality, uh, we've we've still had a couple of stumbling blocks in a couple of states where people have uh, been denied the right, and specifically lesbians, uh, have been denied the right to have both mothers' names put on the birth certificate. If, if the child is conceived through artificial insemination. The stumbling block for 
the conservatives is that the non-birth mother is not considered a biological parent. Well, in straight couples, uh, heterosexual couples, the if the baby is conceived through artificial insemination for whatever reason, the birth mother's husband is automatically included as the father of the child. Even though that father has uh, possibly no biological, if he wasn't the sperm donor, but um, if if he's not the biological father, he's still considered uh, as a father. But in the same-sex marriages, the non-birth mother wasn't considered the parent. So this is part of an ongoing attack uh, on marriage equality. And with this new Supreme Court, it's going to be rough and hard scrabble. So um, we're going to have to really dig in again and fight for, for our equality, uh, even on something that was decided in the Supreme Court. So uh, we can go into depth more depth on that because that's really important to so many people. There's so many same-sex families that have kids in school in our town and across the state and across the nation and around the world. And to start chipping away our uh, ability to, to be even related to our own kids is disgusting. It kind of seems like a last-ditch effort from, you know, just trying to, they're just trying to do everything they can to, um, sorry, I won't get heated about it, but just like mess up as much things as they can before they're out of, out of power, you know? But they're not out of power. Mitch McConnell is still right. Technically right now. Probably there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Boo Hess. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. <laughs> you make a better Justin Robertson than me. Thank you. <laughs> well, now you have to say what your name is. Oh, I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. And those are my dogs. Aww. <laughs> I'm Melanie Davis, and remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, and good night from your blooming out family. Can't you see?